Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NFL suspensions. We also talk about New York Giants and now with the changes being made to the head coach and the GM, where do they go from here? We also talk about the new college football playoffs is now set. The championship teams are now set. Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Alabama. So what happens there? And we also talk about LeVar Ball. My co-host, Earl Ross and Adrian Catwell join me, Al Cross, and that's coming up right now on Guys Talking Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Thanks for everybody that's been subscribing, um, reaching out, whether it's comments or, you know, social media. We really appreciate the love. But right now, we're going to get right into it. Got my other co-hosts with me, Adrian Catwell, Earl Ross. What's going on, fellas, man? How you guys doing today? Watching the rain fall outside, and thank God it's not snow. <laughs> I'm still curious about what you were on the side before last week, but, you know, we thought you were on assignment trying to figure out who the next, you know, future coach one might have been, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you was really covering the Greg Schiano um, thing going down in Tennessee. That's what there I thought you were. Now, now I had to go talk to the Marys about a couple of things. <laughs> Alright, well, neither here there. We're just gonna get started. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. So we're just gonna jump right into it. Um, of course, the latest news would be about the NFL's suspensions that's been handling down. Um, let's we'll talk about the Rob Gorkowski, Gorkowski hit. Um, when, uh, not just this past weekend. And then, of course, you had the Bengals playing the Steelers, which was a very brutal game. So I'm going to ask your guys take on all this. Um, I know the league gave out at least one game suspension for Gronk and I believe they gave one game suspensions for other, um, as well because of the, what happened on Monday night football. So I just want to get your guys take on it and just, just let it rip. Well, obviously, you know, the game last night against Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers was a, it was some wood being laid in that game. Boy, it was a lot of cats catching it. So, um, you know, a lot of, you know, people want to say some dirty plays, heavy hits. I mean, you know, all of us grew up in an era where, you know, you got your clock clean and there was no flags, no 15 yard penalties, no fines. You got lit up. But, you know, everything with the way, you know, you know, with the whole lawsuit against the NFL and CTE, you know, they got to bring the hammer down big time. So, um, you know, I know that, um, you know, Juju Smith, you know, he laid that hit on um, Fonte, you know, Buford and got a one-game suspension. I thought he might get two, but he got one game. Um, and that's, and also the, um, the other, um, uh, other, um, Bengal, um, Bengal safety, you know, um, Loka. When he laid that hit on uh, Antoine Brown, how the heck did he hold on to that ball? Because he got clocked right in the grill and held on to the ball. So, um, you know, the NFL now has to really police, you know, has to police the game. It's inherently not a violent sport. It's a collision sport. So the stronger, the faster these safeties and these defensive linemen get, you know, the harder hit you, you know, you're going to have it. You know, they're trying to protect the product on the field. Now, this game, I think, was like a Sunday game where he didn't have the eyes of the world solely fixated on that game. 
it wouldn't have been a big deal, but this was Monday Night Football, everybody watching it. It was a heated game, heated rivalry. And, I mean, you know, they have to kind of, you know, manage the game so you're not, you know, guys ain't getting carted off on, you know, carted off on Vans. I think it was two guys that got carted off the field last night. That's not a good look for the NFL. That's not, not a good look for the NFL sponsorships. And, you know, you're just worried about these guys' health. And um, But, you know, I think suspensions, if you want to – well, my, the Rob Gronkowski hit, that was intentional, you know, after the play was over. He went down, dove into the guy's head, his neck, gave him a concussion. That was a two-game suspension, in my opinion. But somehow or another, I don't know. I'm not going to call it any kind of color blindness or whatever, but he gets away with one suspension. And his hit was, I think, was, in my opinion, more egregious than some of the hits that was on last night because that was intentionally – after the play was over, you went down and hit the guy to intentionally hurt him. I think, and just to give you a heads up, I think they're appealing that decision for that one game suspension as well. Uh, I think I just heard that um, the rumors is that they're appealing that one game suspension so that he doesn't get suspended. Oh, Gronk? Yep. But that's my split line. Yeah. Gronk hit definitely deserves a one-game suspension. Uh, Seemed very much uncalled for. Seemed like he was disrespected on the play. And he went ahead and did what he did. Um, Juju Smith's uh, sister, if I said his name correctly, that was a very much legal hit. He squared him up was blindsided, he didn't see it coming, hit him dead in the chest with his shoulder pad and knocked him on his cleats, square on his back. And that's what happened. That did not deserve a one-game suspension. And I think he got hosed in that situation because that's how you teach kids you're talking about eight, nine, ten-year-old kids that are starting off with Pee Wee and Pop Warner. How you go ahead and do a forearm tackle, leading with your shoulder, hit a guy square in the chest, and knock him off his feet. So with that being said, the other kid who did the helmet to helmet to Antonio Brown, I mean, it's just certain things that just just going to happen. I mean, as far as I'm sure he wasn't intentionally trying to hit him helmet to helmet, but it happened. Okay, he gave him the, he gave him the one game suspension, but Juju Smith-Schuster, he didn't deserve that. That was a clean hit. You know, Ryan Shazier, who led with his helmet, and unfortunately in prayers going out to him and his family and the whole Steelers organization about him hopefully Nothing crazy going on with him, and he's able to regain all consciousness and feeling in his feet. Hopefully he can come back from that, but that's what you don't do versus what Juju Smith-Schuster, he did in league with his shoulder and going straight to the chest of an opposing player and taking him out, which is totally legal. But the NFL was, was handicapped in having to do what they needed to do. 
So with that being said, Gronk, yes. The cat from Cincinnati, the end zone against Antonio you know, Brown, yes. Juju smith Schuster, no. And again, my prayer is going out to Ryan Shazier, and hopefully he comes back and regains all feeling in his legs and his feet. Which I think they said he, the x-rays were um, showing positive. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, and I guess if he comes back and he continues to play, I know that's a scare. and He'll know that you don't go in there and just dip your head, dude. You, they teach you that back in high school. And that was the biggest fear I played when I played in high school was lead with the crown of your head and not seeing what you're hitting. And, you know, the fear of not being able to, you know, unfortunately walk or paralysis or anything like that was enough for me to keep my head up. So, you know, the NFL can do what they can do, but players have to understand that lead with your head, even though that gives the best bang for your buck for NFL, you got to keep your head up, man. I mean, that's this textbook. Um, I, hmm. Well, I will say this, even if that's the case, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. But I really feel as though that this is just the beginning. Um, if he does come back, I will not be surprised if the next Steelers and Bengals game and he, you know, and he's on the field, do not be surprised if there's a fight that breaks out at the beginning stages of it. I don't think that this is over by a long shot. I think that this rivalry is just going to get more and more intense. When you see the comments after the fact of talking about karma and all that that was going on at the end, at the end of the game, I, I think that the Steelers and, and, and the Bengals is going to have the next time that they come together, that's going to be probably one of the most watched games to see what's going to happen next. Um, well, you got to think about it. It's sort of almost like an escalation from when they were in the playoffs a couple of years, well, two, no, three years ago, I think it was, or four years ago, when Vontae Buford laid that hit on Antonio Brown and, and, and knocked him out cold and had to cart him off the field. So it, it's just been, in my opinion, just a long progression from that game on, and it just keeps building up. Chippy Shops here, I mean, Ace, you know, probably as well, you know, better than anybody, you know. You play that one team in high school every year, you know, it gets a little chippy that, you know, one game. You see him next year, it gets a little more chippy. See him the following year about that. Oh, I got to get you back or get me back or hit my man. So it just escalates and escalates and escalates into one game. You get like last night where it was just solid wood being laid out all over the field. Do you guys take Ben Roethlisberger's uh, comment as far as, you know, how he felt about the game and he said this is AFC North football? Being that this is this how those four particular teams play, the Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, and I can't think of the fourth team, but, you know, is that a legitimate response or that's just him covering up to say he's not really, he's trying to avoid the question? Avoiding the question. That's just my personal opinion. He's avoiding the question. Um I mean, there may be truth to what he's saying, don't get me wrong, but it's more like a deflection, if anything. Um, I kind of half and half, but I think it's more as like, you know, yeah, that's how they play. I mean, he gets really heated. I mean, Steelers and Ravens, you know, you know, Steelers and Bengals. I mean, you know, it's 
they do lay some wood in that division. And don't get me wrong about that. And I think it was, like you said, more of a deflect, but to kind of say, nothing, look over here. This is how we get down. And to him, he didn't see anything about it. But that's speaking from a football person that's been in those wars and is used to it. And to him, you know, the heavy hits. And he's a, and he's a QB. He took some hits before. That's just a quarterback QB that just, to them, that's just a portion of the game. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but do you think the fines that were levied on everybody was appropriate? Uh, in the in the event of Gronkowski, how he kind of just like saw what the situation was and then paused and then dove into the back of the uh, opposing player, I think uh, one game suspension should have been a little bit more versus Juju Smith Schuster. You know, he made a legal hit and shouldn't have been fined at all or suspended at all. But that's just my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Um, me personally, I thought that, um, you know, I thought that he should have suspended at least two or three games at minimum. I mean, something so blatant, like how he did it, that alone should have, it was warranted more than just one game. I'm sorry. I mean, there's times when you can do, you, you can defend something, you could defend a hit. If you was like you got there and you couldn't stop yourself, the momentum was there. You know, I could understand, but there was just no cause for him to even do it. Like the, the play was completely dead, you know, and he just dropped. You know, he just just came out of nowhere with that. I think that to be I, to be honest, I'm still surprised the fact that he only got one game. This should have been three games, if anything. And it, it was what makes me question. And to be honest, it makes me question the NFL as a whole, again, because their rules and regulations is still, to this day, is mind-boggling. It's been mind-boggling. It's, it's been crazy this whole year with what they do. Imposing rules and regulations and players are just getting away with murder. We could talk about the, the, the Zach, we could talk about the Zach Elliott situation. We could talk about all the other stuff that's happened in the, in, in, in the NFL. And, you know, to see how the NFL Ownership and the the NFL response to this is just, you know, is 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 mind boggling. That's that's all I can say about it. Yeah, I echo sentiments. I definitely believe that at least with um, you know, at least with Juju, that was a football play, and you catch that a lot on, you know, running across the middle. You catch that a lot. Now they're trying to really you know skew it down when you're going for kickoff and punt returns. That's just a, a football play. He hit him square good. I think it's just that the intensity of the hit is what got the fine tapped on him. But if you would have tapped him like on the shoulder shoulder blade or kind of pushed him off, it wouldn't have been that crazy. But Rob Krakowski, that was malice intent. He turned around and intentionally went to go after him. Not to push him, but intentionally go after him and put, you know, his elbow in his neck and his head and gave him a concussion. So... I can only think if this was, let's say, somebody that was almost a repeat offender, they only got two or three games. This was the Dominic Sue. That would probably been a six-game suspension right off the bat, or somebody else, or somebody else, you know. So, um, no, I think they're they're just uneven. I think that you know Juju Smith did need to get a flag. I can see where why the NFL brass 
gave him a fine, but and one game suspension, but it was a football plan. I didn't think it was warranted. I'm with you on that. I mean, that was just egregious on all levels, but you know, it's the Patriots, and uh, God forbid that you lay a heavy fine on the Patriots or uh, any Patriots player, but you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you believe, like, so do you think that that's, you know, with the Patriots, they get a lot of favoritism with that? Because, you know, with the whole thing with Tom Brady and the Flake Gate and with this now, um, do you think that they favor the Patriots to some degree? I wouldn't say that. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I, I guess they're trying to develop some sort of consistency. And they felt that one game was good enough, uh, penalty for this scenario, but in my opinion, it's deliberate versus as, you know, as Earl said, it's a football play. That was deliberate. No malice. You know, he just went in there, looked at it, and saw what the situation was, and just, as Bleacher Report would say, put a WWE type of uh, form and position into that particular play, whereas Juju led with his shoulder and drove into the chest of the of the opponent. So obviously there's a difference between Juju and Gronkowski, but they felt as though one game was just good enough for the both, but you know. Yeah well. Yeah, I was about to say that. Oh well. <laughs> you know, I I like I said, you know it's it's mind-boggling that they don't do, you know, I guess everything with the NFL is is that, you know, at least we're doing something, it seems like. <laughs> it seems like you have that, you know, we're doing something mentality. But we can talk more about that a little bit later, but let's get into the main topic of the discussion, which is the New York Giants and their whole fire sale, so to speak. Um, Jerry Reese is out. Bob McAdoo is out, both as GM and as coach. So I would defer to the giant fan in the room, which is you, Earl. I uh, just want to get your take on it before I I I unleash the rest of it to Adrian. So <laughs> what's your take on this? Well, my take is I think that the management, you know, well, the management, the ownership, management have been probably thinking, you know, that it's time that Eli Manning was on the back nine of his career. He had a two year up contract, which is going to be his last contract for the New York Giants. His um last year with the Giants is currently right now, next year with twenty two men on the cat tied up at the moment. So I think that, you know, you look at the landscape in the NFC East and you do see some young gunners in there. You see Dak Prescott, you see Carson Wentz and you know, you still got Kirk Cousins relatively young, but if he stays or not, I think he's going to stay. But, um, you know, I think the New, York, the New York Giants were already thinking about the future. I mean, um, once you, once you get to 0-5, you already heard the grumblings of ownership talking about you want to start evaluating this young talent. So you knew that they were already looking and going a different direction. Um, the way that they handled this whole thing was, was very bad. I think that, um, to me, I think Eli Manning has played bad. You know, the last few years when he's good, 
and he, he's got, you know, assets around him to help him. You know, he's very effective, but you know, he, he had a strong defense last year, would mask a lot of stuff. And this year, he was just bad all around. So as far as them benching him for how they went about it was wrong. I get what they were doing. If they would have came and said, Hey, we, you know, we're going to think probably want to kind of look at, you know, the young QB will kind of bring him into some mop up duties. Um, at the end of the games, if it gets too out of hand or the game is lost, it's a blowout, which they had a few of. But if you're going to go that route, then you have the young kid taking snaps and being more involved in the first team offense and get activating Suda's ass up at the beginning of the season. What they did is they just, I still don't know the mindset of why they decided to do it that way, but they just said we're going to, you know, effectively start Geno Smith, start Davis Webb, see what they got. But then they went and asked him if he'd be willing just to kind of, you know, start the game at halftime just to keep his streak going, knowing you're going to get yanked no matter how good you're doing or not by, you know, by the second half. And he was just like, he's like, nah, he was like, if you're going to let the guys go, let the guys go. I don't think management assumed that he was going to say no. And I don't think they anticipated the backlash that you're getting from, you know, New York and NFL and all around, even the Giants, you know, you know fandom. So um, I think that um, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese firing was going to happen anyway. I think it would have probably happened um, if this didn't go down the way it did by season's end. But they got, in my opinion, they got scapegoated because to go up there and, and effectively – quote unquote bench Eli Manning, the ownership had to sign off on it. You know, you know, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese just didn't do it all on the own. The ownership had to be down with that. They did it. The ownership didn't say anything. They were cool with it, but then when they got all the backlash, they had a knee jerk reaction to everybody and they, you know, and they had, you know, had to fire them because the next four, you know, next three out of four games were are at home. And there was always talk about protests, which I think was getting a little bit too out of hand, screaming for it, been, you know, Reese and, and McAdoo to go, and some people was going to go to the game. So I'm thinking knee-jerk reaction. But to me, I think his time was coming, but I think the way they went about it was just well, it was clumsy. Well, how can I go about it? Let's see. Well, I think if if the QB or QB number two is anybody other than Geno Smith, do you actually? And I'm I'm posing this question to you, Earl. Do you believe that the backlash would have been anything other than okay, let's go? But because the New York media and the New York fan base and just New York in a whole, and let me preface that by saying try try uh, try state, meaning the New York, Jersey, Connecticut whose fan bases in Jersey, you know, for the Giants and the Jets, if they had known, if it was anybody other than Geno Smith, would have been such a, up, up, you know, turmoil of events, meaning that they're benching Geno to start the backup QB. Let me start that right there. Oh, no, I totally agree. I mean, if if you – if they could have sold it a lot better if you were going to the, your third-round draft pick web. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not starting with a third-round draft pick. If your backup QB is somebody other than Geno Smith, 
with New York fans, fan base, media, whomever, would have been such an uproar if it was somebody other than him being his his record with the Jets and what he did with the Jets. Without knowing who that other would be, I can't say for certain. But I can definitely say for certain is Geno Smith. Okay. Let, let me ask this. Outside of his strip fumble in the red zone and another fumble in the red zone, did Geno play terribly bad for the starting QB for the Giants? No, he wasn't horrible, no. He wasn't great either? No. Okay. But did he give you some, did he give you guys still a, a pretty good chance to win? No, because we still lost. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying that your defense isn't good enough to win your games if your quarterback gets you 70 points? I get where you're going with this line of questioning, and uh, hopefully that, that the West Virginia shirt doesn't doesn't involve anything. <laughs> being how he's a former West Virginia guy. <laughs> I'm a purpose of saying, without knowing who that other person is, other if I can't say for certain, but I'm gonna definitely give you is because of Geno Smith, point blank. Okay, bye. So I guess what my question is, and you know how we have our own little group with our boys that we grew up with coming up. You know, if it was any other team, and you have a, have a squad that's Two and ten, or one and nine. I'm sorry, you know. I think it was two and two and nine. Okay, and you know that your season is pretty much in, in shambles, and you're not going anywhere. Would there be such an uproar, uproar, if you allow your backup and your QB number three to get some opportunity to play? Yeah. Now. I preface that to say I understand that Eli is God when it comes to NY Giants. <laughs> you know, he, he, yo, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. I get that. You know, my argument the whole time, and, you know, we go back and forth with this. In my opinion, do I think Eli is elite? Eli has elite moments. But do I think that Eli is one of those type of quarterbacks that you can sit there and hang your hat on and say that regardless of situation, regardless of anything, you can have four dudes that you took off that was collecting garbage last week, put them on the field. Will he make your QB and wide receivers better? And I have to say no. But that's just my opinion. And I think the Giants did the right thing. Unfortunately, due to the backlash, ownership had to do something to save face because they had egg all over themselves. And they had, let, they had to let go of the GM and the head coach because they'd be damned if they're going to sit there and look foolish because of the media and the backlash from the, from the, uh, from the fans. But if they had balls, they would have said, you know what? We're going to stand by our coach. We're going to stand by our GM, and we're going to ride this whole thing out, regardless of ticket sales, regardless of anything else, because you guys need to know what you guys have on your roster before you just go willy-nilly and go and draft another quarterback. Am I wrong? 
you are not wrong. So with that being said, do you think Davis Webb would have done or fared any better than Geno against the Raiders? And the Raiders has the Raiders are the bottom third of defense. And I'm not saying that Geno being an established quarterback in the league, starting for the Jets for two plus years, should have been any better because Geno has not done that well in the NFL. West Virginia or not, I recognize that. But you have to understand that the boy had to play quarterback in God knows one plus years. And considering the situation, I think he did pretty good. I didn't watch the game, but I saw, I read some things, I saw some highlights. But the fan base pretty much dictated how your organization is moving forward. And I think it's wrong, but that's just my opinion. Well, like I said, it's you you had to sell it so be able to fan base to be able to consume it better when you're gonna sit down a two time super champion and he like look, I'd be the first one to say he, he, if you're looking for an elite quarterback that can be the one to carry a team over the hump, there's only three quarterbacks in his league, perpetual that can do that. Everybody else needs pieces around them to do it. Even your hot QBs, Carson and Dax. Need especially Dax. Need those pieces around him to be effective. Only, <laughs> only break. Let me phrase it. Really, Rogers and Brady partial the time, but really, Rogers only person that can sit there and carry a team. Suspect offensive line, suspect offense weapons, and a suspect defense, and still get them to the you know, and still make them good. Everybody else, even Brady to a certain degree, is system around the entire NFL. So I'll give you that. Eli is not. If you're looking for a elite guy like that, it's not Eli. Give him the pieces, he's good. But the reason that they gave, and I'm just going to be my last point, you can't sit there and say, well, we need to see what we have in these QBs. You already know what you got in Geno Smith. It didn't work out in the Jets. But, but you don't know But you don't know what you got in Davis Webb. If they would have said, we need to see what we have in Davis Webb, our third-round pick before we decide to choose a quarterback in this draft on those three picks, you could have sold that a lot better, and the backlash wouldn't have been. You would have had some people grumbling, but people would have understood your thought process if you're going to bring in a third-round pick to see it. But to ask and say, we need to see what Geno Smith has, and then you're not even really putting in web, that's what got people all up, you know, and, you know, up in arms. But if you had Webb in there, even if he did bad, that would have been okay. But we at least you can at least know – where you're going. You, you already know what you got, Jill Smith. But, but hold on now. Hold on. But do you? So, so we're supposed to assume that a quarterback who goes from one team to the next is under the same general offensive system going from the Jets to the Giants. Is that the assumption? Yeah, and he's having a hard time getting the second. I'm going to let Al go. I'm going to let Al go, but... Are you are you are you trying to argue? Are you arguing for Geno Smith? Would you no, want Geno Smith on the 49ers? I actually wanted to go to the 49ers because I thought. <laughs> I'd be but, but what worse could it, what worse could the Niners have done? Considering we had whoever that bum is that went back to New England, we had C.J. Beathard, <laughs> the third round pick, and that's it. You can't do any worse. But at least under a new offensive system, he would have gotten a chance. We have to understand the offenses are not the same from team to team. 
Do we do, do we agree with that? I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just saying what from a giant oh, fandom in the film. Hold on. Do we agree that offensive systems change from team to team? Majority time, yes. Majority? I don't think I don't think one team. I don't think there's two teams in the NFL that run the same offense. They've been running yes. the same team, but they had twists and turns or everything that goes on. But here, I'm not here to defend Gino. Because you sound like you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that if Gino were somewhere else other than the Giants, would QB number two, whoever that QB would be, would he be given such harsh criticism moving forward? Like I said, without knowing who that QB is, it could be Jay Cutler, it could have been RG3, it could have been somebody. So I don't know who that other – you're asking me, to, you're asking me to, without knowing who that other QB is. I think if it was RG3, y'all probably would have been going through some crazy type of crap, too, because it's RG3, and he sucked after his first season. But it could be. That's just New York and their fandom. But, you know, <laughs> is, 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 Gino, is Gino better than 32 other backup quarterbacks in the NFL? I think so, because nobody was clamoring for Gino when his first season with the Jets, when he led him to four fourth quarter comebacks and wins. Am I lying? I'm not doubting that the boy can't play. Even though Rex Ryan said he couldn't. I'm just saying, I get I get exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that when you're going to bring him in the Jets locker room, you saw all you need to see with the Jets in over two years or three years, all the stuff that he went through, and then you're going to put him, how they went about it is what made it look bad. Okay, understood, understood. I can get that. I get that. Oh. <laughs> for, the last, for, the last, for the last two or three minutes on the subject. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. No, um, I actually agree with what Earl just said. I mean, basically, the whole thing of how the Giants went about it is completely wrong. Um, not knocking Geno Smith. I understand why they brought him in. But all jokes aside, you had David Webb that you just drafted. There should be no reason at all. No reason whatsoever why you don't give him the opportunity. If you're talking about going into the future, you're talking about trying to see what talent you have evaluating for the future. I understand you have Geno Smith in there, but you just got a third. I mean, Geno Smith is not going to be the future of the New York Giants. I'm sorry. So as much as people want to say that he's going to be the, you know, he should be the second string, that's all well and good, but he is not your future. I don't think, you know, you only, you didn't bring him here to replace Eli Manning. You brought David Webb in as a rookie to see what you have going forward in the future. So I, I understand the, the reason why people are complaining. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter whether or not Geno Smith is good or not good. That's not the issue here. The issue is, is whether or not you're trying to build for the future, like you said you're going to do. If you're going to evaluate your talent going forward, I think that, it, like you, like you said earlier, I think it would have been more easier for them to say that, hey, we're going to go with David Webb um, to see what we got with him. We drafted him, and, you know, we brought him in from the draft. We want to see what the rookie has. We want to showcase. I think Eli would have probably been okay with starting and then giving David Webb some time in the second half to see because at least he would have better understood the fact that, hey, you know, I see what they're trying to do. I understand we're not winning now. We're not going nowhere this year. So 
I'll keep my starting position and then I'll let, you know, David Webb come in. You know, it could have been worked out, but the Giants mismanaged this from the jump. And then what made it worse, the, the lack of communication between that and Eli Manning made it just as worse. And then knowing that the backlash was going to be this and where we are right now, which both of them, both the GM and head coach was fired for. Well, the head coach, number one, was fired because of the fact that Giants fans, I mean, the Giant players wasn't with them to begin with. Um, so, you know, they lo- he lost them a while ago, whether it's chemistry, whether it was anything else. So just to see that, you know, and the whole mismanagement of everything is just the Giants, you know, this year has just been so, so, so bad. Um, they had to do something. And in doing this, even if they was to make the change, they made the change the wrong way. And I think that's really what boils down to it. That's what got the backlash. That's why people was complaining about what happened. And this is why where we are right now with, you know, with, the interim head coach now taking over, and we'll see how things progress in the next couple of games. Now, if the Giants play with passion and they bring that back that 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 passion back, then we'll know for a fact that that's what the end all be all is. But getting back to the whole situation, I really believe that as much as Geno Smith is good, as much as Geno's he's not good, as much as average as Geno Smith is, I would say at that point, um, I still think that they made the wrong decision starting Geno. Um, when you had the opportunity to look at the future that you have in the Giants. Geno is not going to be the future of the Giants. So I don't see why putting them in that position would do anything at this stage. And actually, and I'm going and I'll go on the record and say, I actually do feel bad for Geno. I mean, um, you know, he didn't really ask for this. I mean, he didn't really campaign for it as far as we're aware of, but I don't think he did. I mean, he got thrown into it. I mean, they come to you and saying, hey, we're looking at you, dude start this next game in that game, you know, Eli Manning says he wants you guys to go for it. I mean, what is any, you know, you know, second, you know, string QB going to do? It's time to get up and shine. I mean, he probably knows this time with the Giants is not going to be there. I mean, they already have a third round pick. More than likely they're going to pick one in the first two or three, you know, three picks. So, I mean, if anything, he was looking at an opportunity to showcase his abilities for one of the other, other teams that he can, you know, get put on somewhere and kind of revive his career. But he got really dragged through the coals this last week. I mean, over no fault of his own. And I agree with Chase. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He was, he was okay. I mean, but like I said, it's just the, the history that followed him from the Jets to the Giants was what a lot of people was like disconcerting about. Cause even I was a little surprised that they, brought him on as a second string in the offseason. And then the way, like you said, this was handled, you know, now Eli's starting, Geno puts right back onto the bench. I mean, like I said, I do feel bad for him because the way this the way this is all being handled, the way he's being dragged, it's no fault of his own. Not at all. I completely agree with that. And what makes it interesting is because there's so many teams out there that need a quarterback that could utilize his services. Um I mean, of course, you, you know, he may not be at a, he may not be at a position to start anymore because there's so many, but there is some teams out there that's probably looking for a quality starter. Um, Denver, Houston, you know, I know Houston got their rookie. Um, so he's going to be set for a while, but you know, there's got to be some teams out there that's looking for a quarterback that he can make an impact and immediately start there. So I think 
going forward, I think Gino will look into that more and see what other teams is out there that are vying for maybe a possible starting quarterback. Yeah, you know, my only rebuttal to the whole situation or whole conversation is, you know, you sit there and say if this whole Eli thing situated and came up to this particular scenario or the, the ultimate scenario, you know, why not start Davis Webb over Gino? And then you have to sit there and think that in the NFL, if you're out there practicing and you're doing whatever it is you need to do to become the player who you're trying to play, and you ultimately are given a particular position based off of what you're doing in practice and game time scenarios, if you are the number two QB, why am I being overlooked for the number three QB just because of a situation that happened from last year or years before that? Yeah. No, I, I, agree. No, I agree with what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I agree with what you're saying. But my thing is, is that don't spin it as, you know, we're looking from, you know, from the jump. We're looking at the, you know, the future, um, of the, you know, what the Giants are doing as far as the future is wise. Because right now, let's be honest, Gino right now is for this particular season. This is not going to be something long term going forward. So if it was something where it happened like game three or four of the season, then by all means, you have to put Gino in because he won that second stream quarterback. But you're talking about almost the end of the season with two games left. So, if you're a rookie, you know, and if you already know for a fact that Gino is not going to stay there, be there for a long term, why not give the rookie another oppor- uh, an opportunity that's out that's presented out there? And you know, I'm not saying that's the right move. I'm, I'm not saying. This. Oh, go ahead. Oh, hold on, but to, to, to rebuttal your point, Gino needs the opportunity to, as Earl would say, give himself. Uh, the, the position to uh, go out there and showcase showcase himself for the rest of the league. No, I, I, I no, I said if you're bypassing him on that, then no, where does that leave him? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that if the Giants is saying that we, I'm looking for, we're looking towards the future as far as what it is that we're looking for. We're looking to see what talent that we have. What are we going to keep? What are we going to, you know? Why not look at your rookie as a potential starter down the road? Like, I understand what you're saying. You know, I think that they brought Geno in as just for that right for the season, just to be there for the season. Like, if they're saying, like, if, if they're saying, like, if they're really saying that, hey, we're looking to invest in the future, we're looking to see what's going on in the future, what we're going to plan, if David Webb is going to be in our plans for the future, they already know what they're deciding on for the future plans with Geno. Might not be Geno, might not be a part of the Giants after this season. But the thing is, they still brought in David Webb as a, you know, from the draft. So they got to evaluate that talent that they haven't touched yet. So that's why I was just saying, and, and that is concerning. If, if that's the case, then don't say that you're looking to invest in the future. Just say that, you know, this is what we're focusing on, you know, just if we're trying to look at other things. But don't include the future aspect of it because – at the end of the day, people are going to look at it. Fans are going to say, I'm looking at what's in store for a couple of years going forward, not just this season. So to, to piggyback on Earl, ownership and management is really this. Yeah, no, I, that's what I said. Completely, completely. That's No, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. 
Um, I, that, that, you know, I, I completely agree with that. It's just ownership and management, how they handle the situation. It's just what's made it worse. That's really what it boils down to. Agree. Agree. All right. Um, real quick, we're going to get talking to the go- the college football playoffs. Um, it's all set. <laughs> we have the four teams there. Uh, so real quick, let me get your takes on that. Not not so surprising. I think um, obviously there's going to be a few teams that's going to be you know screaming up the hills and about why we why we're in Ohio State. That's the two losses, but won the Big Ten championship. I knew there was going to beat Wisconsin, which was going to let you know Alabama that had a bye week in a sense get into the, that fourth spot, and everybody else is going to win. So I don't know what criteria that they really use. I mean, there's a lot of the things that hear about the eye test, your strength of schedule. You know, the wins, the losses, if you have a good win as opposed to a bad loss or is a bad loss opposed to a worse loss. I think Ohio State, no matter what happens, had that bad loss against Iowa, you know, early in the season, which is really just, hand, you know, you know, just, you know, handcuffed them for the majority of the season. You know, Alabama loss, you know, you know, wasn't as bad as Iowa's, but they weren't even an SEC championship game. So, so. I think moving forward, you, you would either a say the conference championship doesn't matter, you know, really, or you're gonna have to come with some other criteria. We don't know, but I mean, I guess you got your four teams, you got your rematch with Clemson and Alabama, which <laughs> I think they probably won it. Um, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have Georgia and Oklahoma, and um, I mean, I'm I always kind of knew Alabama was gonna find a way in there. I mean. The only way Alabama would have been not in there is if Wisconsin would have won, and that's the only way I think that they was it would stayed out. Because I don't, I don't see how you could have denied Wisconsin not losing a game, winning the Big Ten championship, and then slipping Alabama with one loss that they even played their own championship game. I agree. I agree. I think last week, uh, Al, I, I predicted that this uh, particular matchup, I predicted that a host state would upstate this, uh, upset Wisconsin and that Georgia will be Auburn and Alabama will slip in at number four. Um, so this was nothing new to me. I kind of figured this would, would happen. Um, Clemson and Alabama will be an epic rematch. Uh I have a strange feeling that Alabama will beat Clemson and Oklahoma versus Georgia. I think Oklahoma will upset, you know, will beat Georgia, and I think it will be a Georgia-Alabama national championship. And I got to be a homer for the Big Twelve uh, conference, and I think that Oklahoma will go ahead and uh, take care of business just because uh, Alabama's not prepared for what Oklahoma can bring to the table offensively. Uh, Oklahoma's defense is, is garbage. Trust me, their DBs are a real suspect. But it's not about how much defense you can play. It's about how much offense you can put up on the board. And Oklahoma has a ton of offense that they can sit there and put up on the board. So I truly believe that I'm calling it here. and It is a month out, and I, I believe that Oklahoma will be in the national championship. And they'll win it all. I haven't even gotten that far yet. Um, <laughs> I'm, I will say this, though. I'm, I was, I, like you said, Ace, we did talk about this last week. Um, 
I did want to see Wisconsin win because I wanted them. I just wanted Wisconsin to be into the mix. Didn't want Alabama or Ohio State in there. Um, so I'm just being blatantly honest. And I talked about this because, you know, I just wanted somebody different, um, in the, the college playoffs. Um, so with that being said, I, I agree with you. Um, I also believe that Oklahoma has what it takes to win. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm rooting for them to win. Um, at this stage between the other four teams, but I digress. I think that this is going to be a very interesting college playoff championship, um, series. And I really believe that when it's all said and done, that there's going to always going to be talk about possibly extending it, um, the playoff series. And there's going to always going to be talk with somebody not making it in, and, um, who's deservingly so. But right now at this stage, I think that everybody that is that deserves to be in it is really in it um, between the four teams. And uh, like I said, I just, I wanted Wisconsin in just to show, you know, different side of things, to, to see a different side of things in the college playoffs. But that's neither here or there. We are here where we are. And I also have Oklahoma, um, at least in the finals, um, to take for the national championship. Yeah, I think I agree. I think, you know, from a sponsorship and a, and a marketing standpoint, Oklahoma and, um, and Alabama is definitely your more sexier matchup. That's, that's probably what they want. That's, that's what they wanted to begin with. And I think that Ohio State, no matter how you sliced it, was going to be the eye man out. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to end up being Alabama and Oklahoma in the championship. I have a strange feeling Nick Saban, doesn't win the SEC championship, but is going to win the, another national champion. I don't know, but I, I have a feeling that's where it's lining up at. I think Baker Mayfield gets the Heisman, but I don't think he, he gets it all the way and wins the national championship game. Okay. I, 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 can, I, can, uh, I, can, I can live with that. It wouldn't shock me in the least if Alabama go ahead and gets it because they felt as though they were deserving last season. So... <laughs> Well, who, regardless, this is going to still be a great college football championship series. So, um, so last topic, I really feel <laughs> the reason why they're laughing is because I, the, the last topic is about LeVar Ball. Uh, I'm just going to let you guys talk about it. Um, at this stage about LeVar Ball pulling out LeAngelo Ball. Um, out of UCLA because of his indefinite suspension. Um, and he's right now from what it's saying. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to say his father's an idiot, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's all I have to say on it. So LeVar Ball no, is pulling his son, Leandro Ball, out of UCLA because of the indefinite suspension. So I'm just going to act. I'm just going to turn it over to you guys and just get your takes on it. Well, as we always talk about the subject, I'll take a line from my man Jay-Z on a mixtape. Um, <laughs> I-97 once again. Jazzo, 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 jazzo. Big state in stores. <laughs> I was like, do you really got to do this? But um, now let, me, let me get back to it. Um, I, look, I mean, I, you know, it. It that one really is it's a head-scratcher now. I mean, your boy went over there with two other players to China, 
on Google Tour for an exhibition game and you shoplift, not in one store, but in three stores. And over there in the country, especially in, you know, in, you know, East Asia countries, I mean, Asia countries, they don't play with stuff like that with foreigners. Thankfully, whoever did what, they said, okay, we're going to overlook this and let you guys go home. We're not sure what other kind of penalties they had. Maybe they're banned from China for 10 years. Who knows? But you got to come home. But UC, but UCLA was in their right saying, no, you did this in our school. You brought shame against our country in our school and even your family. Your family, your big mouth daddy. And we're <laughs> going to indefinitely suspend you. Now, indefinitely, which really meant you're going to suspend them past into the new year and then it's going to be able to play and then but what he got in a tizzy about was A, because he thought that well since the Chinese said it's no no offense, we're gonna be good. He got mad because UCLA only not only said he wasn't gonna be playing until probably the new year, but that he wasn't going to start. And so he decided that, you know what, I'm taking my son out and do what? Overseas? I mean, out, you know, out the college basketball index, he wasn't projected anywhere near NBA talent. Where are you going to go with him? D-League? G-League? Internationals, I guess. So now you have your one, your one son in the NBA Who's having a rough go of it because you sold them, you oversold them, and everyone's coming after them every night. You got your one son that you pulled out of high school because you didn't like the, you know, the school or really the high school coach because he suddenly couldn't shoot, you know, all those times a game. And then you pull your son out of UCLA basically because they wanted to reprimand them for doing something stupid that he got very lucky over, you know, in China. And so now you pull him out because you don't like the way you said he was handling business. He ought to be very lucky they didn't kick him out, period. I'm with you. Because they, they were well in their rights to do so. We send the scholarship, and you are expelled. Now, the other two kids that are there, they're not going home. They're going to sit down and take their, you know, take their punishments and go on and play. Like I said, they'll be playing probably after the new year, which is going to be right when the beat of the – you know, the Pac-10 and everything starts going down for basketball, so they'll be right in good form. Yeah, they couldn't practice with the team. They couldn't suit up with the team. But you can still, you know, practice in whatever other ways. But to take your son out of school, to take education out of the school, and basically sit over and get a rating for the NBA, how? How are you going to do that? Preach. Preach. I think it's short-sighted and stupid. Preach. His father is a dumbass. Al? I don't think Al has anything to say about that. I think the laughter says enough. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Dumb Continue. Ass. <laughs> Dumb ass. Let that boy suffer on the edge of the bench his freshman year. Let him come back his sophomore year and show that he is the leader that he was supposed to be his freshman year and lead his team to whatever it is that he's supposed to do. But no, his father, the dumbass that he is, and I hope he hears this because he's a damn dumbass, projected that each son was going to, you know, go top five each draft in the next three years. And no, your dumbass son went ahead and did whatever he did, you know, he shoplifted in China. And now he's getting what he gets. Live with it. That's what every other parent has to do with. Live with it. 
I'm done. <laughs> like I said, I, I, uh, like I said, I don't know where he's going to go. Maybe he, he's probably going to go overseas and play basketball there for one year. If he can find a team and then try to come back for this, this, this year's draft. Where you got to go? China? <laughs> go there. You better go to, you better go to Croatia. No, actually, 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 he might get lit up in Croatia or, or in Argentina or some places over in Greece. But then Europe, Europeans can ball. Right. Oh man. Um. Oh, in all honesty, I I don't have anything to say about that. Um. What I do have to say one thing though. Shouts to the Lakers for um implementing the Laval Ball rule. Um. So that would stop media from interviewing uh guests. And family members um, that sit courtside at the um, Lakers games. So shout out for them for actually enforcing the rule. I should say um, maybe that'll help stop media from from asking him questions. I you know at this stage of the game. And shout out to the seventy officials for not taking um, 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 Lonzo Ball with the first round draft pick. Shout out to them for taking Markel Fultz because he's got red shirt, but Ben Simmons is balling it behind off. They don't need that voice of LeVar Ball getting ticked off that Ben Simmons is getting all those touches and not his boy. So shout-out to the Sixers. To be honest, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because if the Sixers would have picked Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball would have had an aneurysm. He would have had a <laughs> Because all he wanted was the, them to go to the Lakers. So, we'll, you know, we'll see how this whole thing plays out as far as um, Jello Ball, see what he does. But we could talk about him, and I'm pretty sure we will um, in other future episodes. But for right now, um, we're going to be signing off shortly. So, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. Uh, you can reach me at the Gram, Twitter, or Facebook, and, and uh, Snapchat, J-E-R-O-S-S-7. You can reach me at uh, Twitter. Uh, Cat Daddy, C-A-T-D-A-D-D-Y, 1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can reach me at I am Al Qualls. Again, that's I am Al Qualls. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram, I-A-M-A-L-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. All right, and thank you for all you guys for subscribing, um, checking us out on SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Appreciate all the love and support. And we're going to continue to keep bringing, talking more sports like we usually do from a fan's perspective. But for right now, this is Guys Talking Sports signing off. Until the next time, we hope you guys take care. One love. Peace.